Please join with me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, we are reminded that you invite us to come to you in prayer, to lay our lives before you, to ask, to seek, to knock. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be a people of prayer, a people who come to you not only when we are desperate in our need, but a people who come before you faithfully each day mindful that we build our lives on you and you indeed are our chief cornerstone. Father, help us by your spirit to grow in you each day. In Jesus' name, amen. We find the words in the latter part of our gospel lesson today as Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray, everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Luke echoes the words of Matthew, who says the very same thing. And so what does it mean to ask and to seek and to knock? Those don't seem to necessarily be words that fit very well with prayer. Ask. We're pretty good at asking. Sometimes we ask out of our own selfish hearts. Lord, I would really like four million dollars. Well, maybe we don't say it that way, but maybe it's we arrive at that number because we figured if we win the lottery and it's at a certain level that by the time we do the payouts and the taxes and stuff, that's the amount it'll come to. And so we might follow up, Lord, I really, you know, it would be easy for you to give me $4 million if I could win the lottery. You all know, when I was younger, I prayed very specifically. Lord, I want a Datsun 280Z. We can pray selfishly from our hearts. It's all about us. Maybe it's a little more specific in life. Maybe it's a health issue that we have. Lord, heal me. Lord, guide my path. See, we begin to measure the words of our prayers and our asking by those things that really are in line with God's will for our lives. And that's why we prayed in the Lord's Prayer, not my will be done, but thine. And so we begin to understand that the things that we ask for are to be in line with God's will. Which brings up an interesting question for us because we see in our Old Testament lesson today 
that, that as, as Abraham is standing before God and God is looking at the sin, the evilness of Sodom and Gomorrah, and God says, I'm going to destroy those cities and sweep them away, Abraham begins to, we would say, bargain with God. Why? Because at the time, he has family in the city of Sodom. His nephew Lot and Lot's wife and daughters and extended family live in Sodom. And so Abraham, without saying it, begins to plead for the lives of his family. Lord, if, if there are 50 righteous within the city, will you destroy the whole city and sweep it away? Would you not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you, Lord, to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked so that the righteous fares the wicked. Far be that from you. What nerve Abraham has to not only bargain with God, but to kind of throw it in God's face and say, you're not that kind of God. And God says, okay, if there are 50 righteous people there, I won't destroy the city. Well, we know as we step aside and we go, he's God. He knows exactly how many righteous are in the city, so he has nothing to lose by giving in to Abraham a little bit. And we know the story. Abraham continues to bargain, sometimes five at a time, sometimes ten at a time, and he works his way all the way down to ten righteous people. What nerve? Or is it what faith and what boldness? Ask? How many times do we bother not even asking? It's as if we ourselves take it upon ourselves to answer the prayer on God's behalf without ever even giving him the opportunity to hear and to answer. And maybe sometimes it's because we have prayed incessantly for something and we never saw an answer. It's like praying for my 280Z every day for months. Never got a 280Z. Got a bicycle. God doesn't always answer our prayers in the way that we want knows the needs of our hearts and our lives and he answers them in the most appropriate way. I remember being a single pastor and praying for a wife. 
remember praying every day for seven years. Something biblical about that. <laughs> and God gifted me with my wife. Prayers are answered when we ask in God's time, not ours. That's why Scripture tells us to wait upon the Lord and to trust Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To understand that when He looks at our lives as individuals, He has only the best in mind for us. And that best in mind for us is not always about life in this world, although it certainly can be, but it's the best in terms of what he wants for us for all of eternity. And so the things that we should be asking for are not so much the things of this world, but rather, Lord, work in my heart. Help me to grow in your word. Help me to live by faith, to walk by faith, to, to share my faith with others. Help me to stand firm on the foundation of your love and on the incredible cross of Jesus Christ. For he is my cornerstone. And I pray, Lord, that you would build my life upon him and that I would be wholly, completely, and utterly dependent upon him for all things. Help me, Lord, to have the faith of Abraham. The courage of Samson. Trust of Daniel. Help me, O oh Lord, to have the fervency of, of St. Paul. and to stand in my faith. Ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. That God answers our prayers in the best way, in the best time, and always according to his will. Seek. Take a couple of seconds to just think about it in your life. What do you spend your time seeking after? If we're truly honest with ourselves, most of us spend a whole lot of time seeking after the things of this world. Seeking after a better retirement. Seeking after school or better grades. Seek. The scriptures tell us. Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount puts it this way. We just sang the words a little bit ago. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all of these things shall be added unto you. 
to seek after a truly good, right, and salutary relationship with God, to seek after an understanding that comes from him, to seek God's wisdom and God's will in our lives, to seek after the things of heaven and not the things of man. Seek. The one who seeks finds. Anybody here ever lost anything and you start looking for it? Did you all know that you all find it in exactly the same place? James knows the answer. I can see it in his face. Where do you find it, James? In the last place you look. But how many of you have ever stopped in the midst of your looking and said, Lord, help me to find it? And the very next place you look, there it is. It happens so many times I've lost track. And I could swear that I looked in that very same place ten times before, but somehow it's there. What do we seek? We certainly seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things are added, but we seek for opportunities to share Christ, to live Christ, to be with Christ each day. We seek the opportunities to open his word and to read. We seek the places and the times to pray. We seek to develop that stronger relationship with him. We seek to serve him. each day. Knock. This is probably the one that's most puzzling. We understand the seeking. We understand even the whole idea of asking. But knocking? What's that all about? Is it the knock on the door until the door opens? Jesus tells the story of the man who has a friend and he's laying in bed and his friend comes and knocks at the door in the middle of the night begging for food to feed some unexpected company. Knock. Knock, and it will be opened to you. It's really the whole idea, again, of understanding that we go to God when our needs are dire. That when we figure that God doesn't want to be bothered, that he literally is inviting us to bother him. 
That it's okay to come to God even if we haven't really paid attention to Him for a long time. It's okay to come to Him. And because of our boldness and even our impudence, as the word reads in our text today, He is going to answer our prayers in the best way. This is a reminder that even if we haven't been walking with God for a period of time, we still have the opportunity to knock, to be bold in our request to Him, and to understand that He will answer the prayer. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's the other side of this knocking coin. The scriptures tell us, Jesus says the word, I stand at the door and knock. And he stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. And he pleads for us to not shut him out, but to welcome him in. knock. God's there. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, God is there. He doesn't impose himself upon us. But he's there. And we can turn to him at any time, any moment, any day. Lord, are you there? Because I'm, I'm in kind of a world of hurt, and I need you. You see what these words ask, seek, and knock? They're just ways of saying, come to me in prayer. Come to me and lay your concerns before me. Tell me what's going on in your life. Because I'm there. I'm ready to listen. I'm going to answer in my own time and my own way, but I'm going to answer. Because you see, I love you so much. I love you with the blood of my own son who died and washed you clean. I love you and I've forgiven you in your mind, in the waters of baptism, in the power of the Spirit. Come to me in prayer. Ask. Seek. Knock. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the peace of God which...
surpasses all of our human understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.